morning and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly grateful for you guys coming on the live with us on today um, as we're experimenting with our 10 a.m. slot right here to capture the West Coast and hope you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. We got a jam-packed show for you on this morning. We're going to be talking about how Jonathan Majors is no longer going to be Kane the Conqueror for the Marvel movies because he got found guilty and it hurt my heart so bad. But we're going to talk about how Disney dropped him after the guilty verdicts came in for what he had, for um, for the assault charges that um, that he uh, was found guilty of. We're also going to be talking about, okay, don't know what happened there. Um, also going to be talking about how, um, oh my goodness, all right. <sighs> Any problems, huh? Um, we're also going to be talking about how um, Donald Trump was um, is not going to be on the ballot in Colorado and the implications behind that. Um, but we're also going to be um, talking about the Shadows of the Cross, and I believe today is the last day of that series. If not today, definitely tomorrow. Um, we're going to be talking about the Shadows of the Cross and and how Jesus is a is, how Jesus is uh, the, everything in the Old Testament is a picture of who Jesus is from now to glory. And so, got a, again a jam packed show for you today, and hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. If you have any questions or comments. Feel free to hit me down in the comment box below toward the end of the show if there, if time permits. I'll be more than happy to answer any and all questions that you have. Um, but just, we just ask that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live. But certainly appreciate each and every one of you that is coming on the live right now and hope that we're able to say something that will edify your souls on this morning. going to start off with a word of prayer and then we're going to jump into our um, series, Shadows of the Cross. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. We ask God that every person that comes on this live on today, Lord God, may their souls be touched on in some type of way that you may get the glory, the honor, and the praise from everything that we say and do. Lord God, we're just grateful on today. Grateful for life, grateful for health, grateful for strength, grateful for family, grateful for friendship, grateful for you. We ask that this show be lifted up in your name on today. Let it be none of me and all of you. Every word that's said, prayer prayed, every comment that's put in, Lord God, we're just asking that you that you just get the glory out of everything that's done on today. And we thank your son, Jesus Christ, for making all this possible by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may be able to go boldly before the throne of grace and be able to, um, to as you're making intercession for us. And Lord God, we're thankful that you've transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we're just grateful and give your name all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... Um, continuing our series of um, Shadows of the Cross, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 12 on today. Um, so give me a minute to get there. Hebrews chapter 12. Um, Hebrews chapter 12. Looking at the English Standard Version. Get this to move out the way. Thank you. I'm supposed to hit the search bar. All right, and we and in and, and our last conversation, we were talking about how we are to be strengthened and encouraged 
um, that, you know, if God loves us and God has saved us and God has strengthened us and God has empowered us to be able to live the life that God would have us to live, that we as the people of God should then feel encouraged and feel emboldened to continue to run the race. The race that's already been won, but we're running that race nonetheless because we haven't arrived to the kingdom that's coming yet. And so while we're in the kingdom, we're still not in the kingdom that God is going to usher in, usher us into once we once we arrive to the new heavens and the new earth. But we continue to run this race with patience, continue to run this race with endurance, knowing that God has secured for us an eternal reward. And that eternal reward is what stays in front of us as we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that 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 um, was put before him endured the cross. So any trials, any tribulations, any issues, any problems that we run into as we're running this race for God, we run this race with endurance because of the joy that is set before us. And so he encouraged, so the author of Hebrews encourages us to keep on running. Keep running, Christian. Keep doing what you do. Because again, we know that there is an eternal reward that's waiting for us on that great day when God cracks the sky. And so we keep running the race. We keep doing what we do. We're not going to allow anything or anyone to, to distract us or to deter us as best as we can by the power of the Holy Spirit as we continue to run the race that God would have us to run. I guess that's why God had me put, had me put on a tracksuit, huh? Keep on running. Keep running, Christian, because again, at the end of the day, we know that God has an eternal reward that's waiting for us in the new heavens and the new earth. All the eternal promises that we have right now in our souls and in our spirits, they are ours. It's yes and amen. And so with that, we keep running the race, knowing that if Jesus was willing to run his race and endure the cross, how much more should we endure the trials and the tribulations that we go through in this life, recognizing that for most of us, if not all of us, we will never experience um, the type of pain and the type of suffering and the type of bloodshed that Jesus experienced for his faith. And so as we continue in our, um, in our, um, in, continue in the scriptures, looking at Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 18 today. It says, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire in the darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. This was talking about um, the, 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 the Israelites around Exodus 18, 19, and 20, when they had marched to the mountain, um, the Mount Sinai, to be um, talked to um, by God of the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments that he had given. Um, Verse 21, indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to, to innumerable angels in festal gatherings, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the, of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of a bell. Man, when I tell you this this author of Hebrews is so so masterful with his words and masterful with the Old Testament like he he, he just really saturates um how Jesus is just encapsulated in all the Old Testament. It's just it's just goodness for me. Um but anyway, 
see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And let me just check Hebrews 13 real quick, make sure we're not um, skipping anything. Okay, all right. So what he's telling us here is that um, our God is so flipping amazing and so flipping awesome. Um, it should produce in us an awe of God, a reverent fear of him. When the Israelites went to Mount Sinai to be given the Ten Commandments, um, this was this was way this is before you know Moses chiseled them down on some rocks. This is the first one. This is Exodus twenty when he first got them. When he went to when they went to Mount Sinai, they were plumb terrified. They saw the the volcano, the 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 the, the, the smoke, the columns of fire, and lightning bolts, and all this type of stuff. They heard the voice of the Lord, and they were terrified. Terrified in the bones. Like, oh my goodness. You know, this God is freaking awesome. Like, awesomely terrible. We're, we're, plumb, we're plumb terrified of him. Even Moses himself said, I tremble with fear. Because, dude, like, you are flipping awesome. And, and it's awesomely scary. And, 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 and the author of Hebrews says, You have not come to what may be touched. A blazing fire and a darkness and gloom and a tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and a voice of whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. Um, even if a beast touched a mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. He's telling, so the author of Hebrews is saying, you weren't there back then. And you're, and you're not approaching an unapproachable mountain. Like back in that time, you know, when they, they came, if they touched that mountain, they were going to die. If they if they if they got close to God in that way, they were going. They were they, they, their lives were going to be gone. They were going to be lost. And the sound of God's voice, the sound of the angels' trumpets, the sound of the tempest was so terrible for them that they trembled with fear. And just like they when they approached Mount Sinai. We have approached Mount Zion in the spirit, in the, in the blessed expectation of the holy city of Jerusalem coming down upon earth from, from, from heaven when God cracks the sky. He says, you have come in verse 22 to Mount Zion into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gatherings. And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of a bell. What, what he's telling us there is that 
the promise, what the race that we're running, the mark that we're trying, that we're pressing toward, the prize of the upward call, the reason that we look to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith, the, the what we look, what, the joy that is set before us, it is this, the, the Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, innumerable angels and festal gatherings, the assembly of the firstborn who are rolled in heaven, to God the judge of all, the spirits made righteous, of the righteous made perfect, and Jesus the mediator of a new covenant. That is what we're looking forward to in the life to come. That is the joy that is set before us. That is what we are running this race for. For many of us in the faith, our tendency is to think that our faith in God is simply about trying to get material things, trying to get jobs, trying to get cars, trying to get clothes, trying to get husbands, trying to get wives, trying to get children, trying to get land, trying to get vacations, trying to YOLO, trying to, you know, get, you know, you know, um, you know, rocking hot bodies and, um, Countless um, uh, followers on TikTok and Instagram and things of that nature. We that that's what we think the good life is all about. We measure the thing that the thing that's set before us by some material um, numerical value, some type of way of knowing that we matter in the world. But what Christ is constantly trying to tell us is that we've got to get our eyes off of the material world and we got to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. And we got to get our eyes fixed on what Jesus is ushering us into. Because far too often, we will give up on God because we don't have the highlight reel that other people have on their Instagram feeds and their Facebook feeds and their TikTok feeds. And because of that, we feel like disowning God because we want our lives to look like that when God never promised us material wealth and worth in this world. Somebody said it like this on um on, on, a, on a video that I watched yesterday. They said that um that you know that sometimes when God is going to bless us, he blesses us in the wilderness. But a lot of people don't want to talk about that. That in that some for, for, that for some of us when we grow deeper in our in our relationship with God when we grow deeper in Him when we are growing roots in Him when we are spreading upward and outward in Him sometimes for some of us that requires going through a valley that requires us going through a wilderness it requires us going through trials and tribulations enduring hard times and because of how um, are watered down our sermons and our preachers and our pastors are nowadays. The, many of us don't have the 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 the, 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 the spiritual intestinal fortitude to endure trials, to endure tribulations, because we think that by going through a trial we must not be on God's side, or that God must not hear me, or that or that God must not believe, or that there's no reason for me to believe in God because He, a God that loves me, wouldn't put me through this stuff. When we don't consider Job. And I don't, and I ain't even talking about getting blessed double for trouble at the end of it all, because that's what people make the mistake of, that I'm going through this because God wants to give me double for my trouble. No, he doesn't. That's not why you're going through what you're going through. You're going through what you're going through because you are a child of the king. And in order for your spirit to grow in him, sometimes you go through a valley experience. Now, it's not my place to tell God how to bless people. 
He may bless you triple for your trouble. See, that's what that's what I say. I'm not gonna tell nobody God God gonna bless you double. I want triple. I want quadruple. I want quintuple. So I'm not gonna tell God bless me double for my trouble. God, any way you wanna bless me, I am satisfied. Any way you wanna give it to me. So I'm not gonna try to obligate God to giving me double for my trouble. Because again, if God wanna give me more, give me more. But what I'm also not going to do is obligate God to bless me for the trials that I'm in. Because the reality is what we're going through in this life is meant to grow us in the spirit. It's meant to grow us in our spirit, man. It's to make us stronger in the Lord, not stronger on this earth. But for many of us as believers, our problem is that we are so myopic in our vision that we, have, we do not have our eyes fixed on Jesus. We do not have our eyes fixed on the Lord. We do not have our eyes fixed on our Savior. Instead, we see everything else in the world. And our assumption is that's the blessed life. And that is the joy that is set before me. And that is the race that I'm running. When God is telling us time and time again, that is not the race that I'm referring to. The race that I'm referring to is that Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the innumerable angels in festal gatherings, the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, God, the judge of all, the spirits of the righteous made perfect, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And all of that is in reference to the life to come. The reason that Jesus died on the cross and rose again was not to make you rich, was not to make you wealthy, was not to make you famous, was not to make you an Instagram um, uh, um, influencer, was not to make you a TikTok influencer. God died on the cross and rose again that you may have life everlasting. Now, God may bless some of us to become Insta-famous. Some, to make us TikTok famous. To God be the glory if that's what he decides to do. But if you're thinking, if you're being blessed, it's all about being successful in this life, then you're, then what you are, then when the trials come, when the tribulations come, when the issues come, when the problems come, you have the potential to think that God has abandoned you. And he hasn't. He's just got to get your eyes off of what you think is the joy that's set before you and put himself before you so that you recognize that the joy that's set before you is Jesus. Not your, not your wealth, not your fame, not your glory, not your accolades, not your accomplishments, not your achievements, not your rocking hot bodies, not your Instagram famous you know, posts and pics, but instead that Jesus... Jesus is the mark that we're pressing toward. He is the prize of the upward call. He is what we seek after. He is the desires of our heart. He is the all these things shall be added unto you. We worry so much and are fixated so much on material things that we are not pressing toward what matters the most. And, and, and for a lot of us, our faith is weak. Doesn't mean you're not in the kingdom. It just means your faith is weak. And why it's so easy for a lot of us in today's generation to give up on God. To give up on the church. Big C church, not little C church. That's a whole other conversation. But big C church. Because our faith is so weak 
because we're trying to chase after material things in this individualistic culture that we live in rather than seeking after God and his righteousness. So he tells us that is the mark. That is the joy that is set before us when he says, going all the way back to 12 and um, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, when it says, since we are so surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, talking about Hebrews chapter 11, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to who? Jesus. Not your favorite pastor, not your favorite entertainer, not your favorite rapper, not your favorite ball player, not your favorite TikTok person, not, heck, not even me. Not your, not your, your favorite, you know, um, you know, people on TV. Not your, not, not your favorite people in your life. Not your, 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 um, your favorite people on your jobs. Instead, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before Jesus was us being ushered into the kingdom. He died and rose again for you. He died and rose again for me. He died and rose again for all of us. And as a result, that joy that was set before him, he endured the cross so that God's will could be done. So the joy that is set before us is not of this material world. The joy that is set before us is the heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem come down. The new heavens and the new earth. He tells us further in Hebrews chapter 12, um, verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So he promises us, one of these days, his voice is going to shake the heavens and the earth. One of these days, the, the God that we serve is going to shake the heavens and the earth. One of these days, with all that is here, heaven and earth is going to pass away. One of these days, everything that we see, everything that, that we see in this natural order will be purged. And when it's purged, all that will remain is God. God and the spirits and the souls 
of those who are his. And when that day happens, oh, what a day it will be. For we will finally be able to see with our natural eye the Jesus that we serve, the Jesus that we love, and we will be able to live with him and reign with him and sup with him forever. And what a time that's going to be to live in a world where sin is no more. Where every, every tear, every tear will be wiped away. There's no more sadness, no more heartache, no more pain, no more issues, no more problems. And we'll get to live in a world that is so, that is, that's just so freaking amazing. It's so freaking amazing. Beyond comparison, beyond our knowledge of all the beautiful things that we've seen in this world, everything pales in comparison to the kingdom that's coming. Everything, everything pales in comparison. And so he tells us there's a day coming where his voice is going to shake the heavens and the earth. It's going to purge everything. Everything that we've seen, everything that we know, everything that is here, we're going to, it's going to be purged away. And as a result, we will be, uh, we be ushered into the space where we are in the spirit already. When Jesus cracks that sky, we will finally get ushered into the place where he's always wanted us to be. And he did, and he died so that we might have that. And so he tells us, do not refuse him who is speaking. Do not refuse him who is speaking. Do not refuse Jesus. He is talking to each and every one of us. He's telling us right now, you can be free from sin. You can be free from darkness. You can be free from the issues, free from the problems, free from the things that are separating you from me. Now, the separation does not have to be absolute. You can be free from the separation. If you choose this day to give your life over to Christ, to give your life over to the true and living God, you can be free. Free from the heartache. Free from the pain, free from the frustration, and free in your soul. Are you still going to have hard times? Yeah, absolutely. Life is not going to be easy. Life is not going to be easy. Life, life is not supposed to be easy. But it doesn't mean that, you, that, that we have to struggle. But what it's telling us is we are free in our souls. And we, because we're free in our souls, we are able to live a life everlasting. We can have everything that God says we can have and do everything that God says that we can do and we can be free. And so we're asking God every single day, the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. The day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't be so calloused to where you're not hearing what the spirit has to say. Because the Spirit wants us to know that there is a day coming. There is a day coming where the saints of God are going to be ushered into the new heavens and the new earth. Where the wheat and the tare will be separated. And when they're separated, they will give us the ability 
to be able to be ushered into the new heavens and the new earth. So I thank God every day that he gives us this opportunity to be able to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that someone's soul might be saved, that someone's soul might be delivered, because there is a day coming where everything that we talk about in the spirit will finally be ushered into the natural, in the new heavens and the new earth. So we run, Christian. Run your race with endurance, knowing that you got brothers and sisters that are standing right by you every step of the way. Every step of the way. We're running right alongside one another, arm in arm, in the spirit, every single day around the world, running the race with endurance, knowing that one of these days, and it won't be long, God is going to crack this sky, and when he does, we are going to go home. We are going to go home. So keep running. Keep pushing. Keep trying. Keep striving for the joy that is set before you. Endure like a good soldier. You got this. Keep running, Christian. Keep marching. Keep pushing. Keep moving. Keep doing what you're doing because God loves us so much. And he has given us a Holy Spirit that allows us to keep running this race. Look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, because remember, and let us, and again, let me, let me be clear. Jesus didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. They could have, they could have done it another way. But for the joy that was set before him and what he knew was coming, he, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And if he did that for us, and it's get, credited us, his righteousness to us, keep running, keep moving, keep striving, keep pushing, keep marching. For anyone who's not a believer in Jesus today, I say this to all y'all all the time. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. This race that we're running, you can run this race with us. For God loves you and wants a relationship with you. When, he, when you become a part of his kingdom, though, you will have to make a sacrifice. You will have to make a, you will have to sacrifice. You will have to die to some things that you want to do. Die to your will, die to your way, die to the things that you want, the things you need. Because when God becomes center of our lives, there's some things he's got to burn off. He's got to refine us in the refiner's fire. He's got to prune us like we're plants so that we can grow and we can bear and grow fruit. The fruit that he wants us to bear. And we endure. We endure for the race that is set before us. We keep moving. We keep pushing. We keep striving. We keep running. We keep marching. What God has for us is infinite in its value. Infinite in its worth. And if we get to know the real Jesus. Not some caricature. And not some version where you got to do all this stuff in order to earn your salvation. None of, none of that is what Jesus is about. If you get to know the real Jesus, 
the one who said, I paved the way for you upon repentance and belief. You too can run this race with endurance. You can run this race with us because we're all running together. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. You ain't got to go to church every day for it. You ain't got to pray seven times a day for it. You ain't got to read your Bible for it. It is free. Salvation is free upon repentance and belief. Simply saying, I God, I believe you are. You are the center of the universe, the center of my life. I denounce all other gods. All these other gods, I denounce them. You are the true and living God. I believe that you are that you are God, that you that you um that you died and rose again for my sins. I confess that with my mouth and I believe it with my heart. And now I'm pushing all my chips in that says if I'm wrong and the, the, the great day comes and it ain't God or great the great day never comes, then I'm doomed. But I'm pushing all my chips in. Every last chip I got, I'm pushing it in with Jesus. I'm betting everything, the house, the car, the kids, everything on Jesus. I'm betting it all on him. If you repent and believe, salvation is yours. And that salvation will then produce the works. It will produce the works. It will produce a desire to read the Bible. It'll produce a desire to get hooked up with a local church. It'll produce a desire to pray. It'll produce a desire to meditate. It'll produce a desire to do good works that that, that preaches and teaches the, 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 the things of God. It will produce a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding. It produces the works. Works don't produce salvation, but salvation produces the works. And those works are what we use to keep running the race so that we have the ability to keep doing what we're doing in the great hope of what's coming. So keep running, Christian. Keep striving, Christian. Keep pushing, Christian, because you are in the kingdom. Awesome, right? You're in the kingdom. Like you're not working to try to get in. You are in the kingdom. You are in it. For my unbelievers, you can be in it too. Come on. We want you. God says that he, 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 he longs for no one to be lost. He wants all to come to repentance. So come on. You don't have to under, understand everything about the faith in order to say that you yield. I didn't understand everything until I knew. Until God woke me up. So come on. You can have it. You can have all of this. We would love to have you. God wants you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. So keep striving. Keep pushing. Allow God the day that you hear his voice. What did he say? Verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. See that you do not refuse him who who is speaking? Therefore, verse 28, and with this I'm going to get out of here. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. See, the thing that I love about God, and I, I promise I'm going I'm to I'm leave it alone, but the thing that I love about the kingdom is that 
no matter how many times people come up against it, it ain't going nowhere. So stand flat-footed, Christian, in love. Stand flat-footed in love, knowing that this kingdom cannot be shaken. We sometimes feel shaken because people want to come up against us. But the fact of the matter is, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Have you ever noticed that when people, when people come up against us, that they come up against Christians who are speaking the truth? That's not them. That's the principalities and the powers and the rulers in high places. And we serve a God who said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Do you know what a gate is? A gate blocks things out. When the, when the people of God stand for God and the word of God goes forth, those gates cannot prevail. So don't stop preaching. Don't stop teaching. Don't stop living just because we feel a little bit of opposition. Because even the, um, the very verses said, we haven't, we haven't um, dealt with things to the, point of, to the point of shedding blood. So feelings might be a little hurt. Egos might get a little bruised. A little bit of pride may get hit along the way. But don't stop. Because we serve a kingdom that can't be shaken. We serve a kingdom that can't be moved. We serve a kingdom that, we, that as it says in the word, um, it cannot, it, 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 will, it will remain at the end of the day. When all of the principalities and all of the powers, all of the rulers, when they fade away, the kingdom of heaven will remain forever. So you stand flat-footed, encouraged that that kingdom is yours. That kingdom is mine. We stand flat-footed on that. And no matter what a person says or does, how they feel about anything, we can rest in the comfort of knowing that God loved us so much that he ushered us into an unshaking, undefeated kingdom. And the undefeated nature, he's credited to us. So that now we are the undefeated. May go through trials, may go through tribulations, may go through issues, may suffer some losses. But at the end of the day, our souls are undefeated. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. And if he says we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you can put that, you can, you can take that to the bank. Stand flat-footed. Stand flat-footed. Because God loves you. And he proved that when he got when Jesus got on the cross and died for our sins. My favorite verses, one of some one of my favorite verses of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. The, your, the, the world might be saved. And so take heart. Take heart. The kingdom can be yours if you want it. A lot of times we, we feel like I'm fighting and fighting and fighting and yet you, you, you're still right here with us. So your soul knows there's something in here that, I'm, that I need. There's something in here that I want. There's something in here that I got to have. I invite you today. Talk to Jesus. 
talk to Jesus. He will answer. May not give you the answer that you want, but I promise you he'll give you the answer that you need. The old songwriter said, try Jesus. He's all right. I done tried him. And he's all right. And so take heart, Christians. For God has given us a kingdom that is not shaken. You can run this race with endurance, knowing that you've already won. We're just waiting for the great day when God cracks the sky. And when he does, oh, what a day it's going to be. So take heart, Christian. We're at the end of the day. God has not given up on you. It may feel like the dark night of the soul sometimes because of the trials and the tribulations and the struggles and the problems and the traumas that we go through in this life. But I promise you, nothing that you're going through is anything that Christ hasn't gone through himself in some way, shape, or form. He has suffered every emotion that we, have, that we will ever face and yet without sin. So you, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. And because of that, we can boldly go to the throne. Boldly go to the throne. And let him know, hey, I'm going through it, Jesus. And Jesus, with his loving arms around you, will say, I know. I've been there. But keep running. For if I ran my race, and the same Holy Spirit that lives with me lives in you, you can run your race. Because you're not running it alone. You've got the full weight of the Holy Spirit Jesus, God, the angels. The full weight of the glory of heaven residing in you. So you got this. Take heart. Because at the end of the day, God loves you. And he desires communion with his saints. And if you are one with him, you can take that to the bank that you are his both now and forever. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Grateful for you guys on the live with us today during our 10 o'clock hour. Um, we'll be moving to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, um, Eastern Standard Time, um, come January 2nd. Um, and so definitely excited about that, being able to move to meet you guys on today. Kelly, um, Nicole, Victorious, um, good to see you guys this morning. Best Constance ever. Good to see you this morning. Um, again, we're usually on at 6 a.m., so I'm glad to be able to share some word and some knowledge with you guys on today. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and um, subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Majors and the fact that his um, case he was found guilty of and as a result has been dropped from Disney and how that's just heartbreaking to me because I was really looking forward to seeing Kang the um, Conqueror be on um, be in the Marvel movies. Uh, but we'll be talking about that and more in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, thank you guys so much for the 5,300 likes that we've received thus far on this morning. You guys are rock stars in my book, and I really do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Um, so today, I um, wanted to talk about the fact that um, Jonathan Majors he ain't going to be in the Marvel movies no more. Really hurt my feelings, man. I just, I was, I was so excited about everything that was gonna happen with the Marvel movies. <laughs> now I ain't gonna be in them no more, nigga. Just, just give me a minute. It just, hurt, it just hurts. It, it just hurts. It, it, it hurts. But the jury found Jonathan Majors guilty of assault and harassment. New York jury on Monday found actor Jonathan Majors guilty of assault and harassment of his former girlfriend during a domestic dispute. Majors, a rising star who has appeared in Disney's Marvel franchise and Creed 3, was convicted on Monday of one account of reckless assault in the third degree and a non-criminal charge of harassment as a violation. He was acquitted on another assault charge and one account, one account of aggravated harassment. Majors, who was present in court on Monday, held a straight face while the verdict was being read. He left the courthouse without commenting to members of the, of the media. He had a statement to CNN on Monday afternoon. Priya Chaudhry, an attorney for Major, said he still has faith in the process and looks forward to fully clearing his name. Shortly after the news of the verdict, a source with knowledge of the matter told CNN that Marvel Studios would not be moving forward on any future projects with Majors, who was set to star as the villainous Kang in the upcoming Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Uh, the jury deliberated for about four and a half hours before reaching a verdict. The trial began on December 4th. It stemmed from a March domestic dispute involving Majors and his former girlfriend, Grace Javari. Majors has pleaded not guilty to misdemeanor charges of assault and aggravated harassment. During the closing arguments last week, prosecutors alleged that Majors didn't hesitate to use physical violence against Jabari when he grabbed Jabari's right hand, twisted her arm behind her back, and then struck a blow to her head. Majors' attorney reiterated his innocence during closing argument, calling the accusations against him fake and alleging that Jabari was the aggressor in the argument. Majors did not testify during the trial, but he was present in the New York City courtroom for the duration of the proceedings. Majors assaulted her, according to Jabari, in the backseat of a car, which prosecutors say happened after a romantic test on his phone from someone else. We're gratified to see justice served today by today's guilty verdict, the, um, the attorney said. Until his legal troubles, Majors had started a number of high-profile films with the more slated for production. He appeared as Kang in the Marvel film Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, he also appeared in Loki, which aired its second season in October. Avengers Kane Dynasty was released, supposed to be released in 2026. It would have served as a starring vehicle for Majors. He was also set to star in another film centered around his character, Avengers Secret Wars, for 2027. With Majors' career trajectory already paused due to the trial, his professional future is now in question. The actor could face up to a year in prison for the assault conviction. He also faces a maximum... 15 days in jail and $250 fine for harassment violation. His sentencing is scheduled for February 6th of next year. Um, so, violence is never the answer. So I'm not going to sit here and try to make light of what happened in that situation. Um, he said, she said, cases are definitely difficult, or difficult to prove. As a therapist, I go through um, similar situations where, you know, the wife says one thing, husband says another thing, boyfriend says one thing, girlfriend says another thing. Um, 
and it's hard to be able to parse what's the truth. So, and, and, and as a result of that, it's up to you to be able to prove your case. And Jonathan Majors wasn't able to prove his case um, to the people that he, um, to, the, to the jury that found him guilty. Um, violence, though, is never the answer. Um, if you find yourself in a, in a violent situation or circumstance, I always encourage people, please talk to somebody. Um, I know how difficult that is to do. I'm, again, not going to sit here and act like, just go tell somebody. No, and I understand how difficult that can be. Um, in any abusive situation or circumstance, you find yourself in a place where you become a deer almost caught in headlights sometimes. Where you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn, you don't know how to act, you don't know how to be. Um, I saw the video when um, Jonathan Majors was out of was out of the car and was running through the streets, and the girl was chasing after him. Um, what I saw was trauma bond through and through. Um, because in my eyes, if someone is hurting you the way that you're describing you're being hurt common sense says trip typical sense says i'm not about to chase down the person who hurt me i'm about to get on the phone i'm about to call the cops call a friend flag somebody down and this person hurt me i'm not the last thing i'm going to do is chase him down for miles after this man just hurt me. So to me, that reads abuse, trauma bonding. Whether it's originated in this relationship or whether it stemmed from someplace else, that to me read a straight up trauma bond. A trauma toxic relationship where this person just hurt me, but I'm going to chase him down. And in spaces like that, both spiritually and therapeutically, it takes an awful amount of Jesus to be able to recover from stuff like that. It takes an awful amount of Jesus to be able to deal with the pain and the trauma and the issues and the problems that come with that. Um, so I dare not make light of the situation outside of, you know, like I said, I really wish that he could have continued in the Marvel series because I, I really enjoyed his character and was looking forward to seeing everything come to life. Um, and as we know with Disney and Marvel, if somebody dies or if somebody, um, you know, is removed for whatever reason, they just completely cut the person out of the show. Like they don't even, they don't even play with it. They don't, they just like, okay, we just, they go this person, we just going to write them off rather than trying to find a way to weave another person into that part, into that part, and let another actor play that part. Um, and so, so again, my heart goes out to both of them. My heart goes out to her because, you know, if what happened happened the way she said it did, I'm glad that she got justice because no one deserves to go through anything like that. No one deserves to go through any pain like that. That's not godly. That's not, that's not a healthy relationship. That's not healthy at all. And no one should have to endure any type of suffering that way. And so, you know, I'm glad that she was able to get the justice that she deserves. 
if he indeed did do these things, my heart goes out to him and prays that, you know, someone's able to talk to him and help him to understand that you ain't got to treat people like that. You ain't, you ain't got to treat people that way in order to get them to love you, to get them to want to be with you, to get them to want to stay with you. You don't have to do those things. That's unnecessary. It's uncalled for, and you and you know, and and, a, and no person should have to deal with that. On the flip side, if she's wrong and exaggerated in order to sully this man's reputation, then I'm praying that God will work on her heart to recognize that just because you know he had a, a pledge text message in his phone doesn't mean that you had to go through these links in order to retaliate on him. Could easily just let this man go and go be about your business. And if this indeed is the situation that's going on with him, then, you know, may his career recover from this. But again, it goes to show that when you're in relationships, when you're when you're dating and in relationships, be sure that you're ready to date. Be sure that you're ready to be in a relationship. A lot of what I've realized over the course of the therapy that I've done and even in my own walk in my relationship is that a lot of us, we, we get into dating and we get into relationships trying to heal ch childhood wounds, trying to heal wounds of our adolescence, trying to heal wounds of past relationships. We think that this person is going to be the person that's going to solve my problems. And as a result of that, we don't work on our issues. We don't work on our stuff. We're expecting the person that we get with to be the person that's going to be the cure-all for all of our relationship woes of the past, all of our childhood wounds of the past, all of our issues of the past. And what we come to find out is that the person that we're with only amplifies what we're going through underneath. I was just talking to a couple yesterday, and both of them told me what their side of the issues were, and I told them, both of y'all are trying to get the other person to be the cure-all for the issues you got going on inside. You want him to solve all of your, um, your, 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 your insecurities, talking about making sure that all of your, um, all of your, um, that, that you are safe and that you are well, and you want him to solve all those things, and you are trying to get her to give you all the validation that you never got as a child. And as a result of that, neither one of you know how to speak to each other. None of you, neither one of you know how to deal with each other. No, neither one of you know how to, how to really work with each other, and because you're trying to get each other to solve your childhood wounds. That's not going to work. They cannot, you cannot get them. What's going on, Miss Grippy? Good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a minute. We need, you need to DM me soon. Um, but you can't get one another to, to heal each other's childhood wounds. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And But again, we go into these relationships thinking this person's going to be the difference. And all the while, we got all these childhood wounds and these adolescent wounds and these relationship wounds that have not healed. And we're expecting subliminally, subconsciously, or sometimes outright overtly, this person to heal the problems, to heal the traumas, to heal the frustrations that's going on inside of us. Appreciate that, Ms. Griffin. We got to realize, can't nobody heal those spots like Jesus can. Therapy can help. Relationships can help. But can't nobody solve those problems like Jesus can. 
And far too often, we're looking to people to solve those problems so that then when they create a problem, we're now getting mad not with him, but with everybody else who has hurt us before him. Everybody else who hurt us before her. They're not paying for the sins of the past. The past issues that you didn't work on, you didn't deal with, you didn't get fixed. And so we, as the people of God in particular, we got to be careful that we're not looking to people to solve our problems. That if I just get this perfect man, then all my problems will be over. If I just get this perfect woman, then all of my problems will be solved. No, we are not perfect people. And far too often, we're thinking that this person is going to be the person. And so then when this person does something that we don't like, it ends up setting something off in us that makes us act out of character. And so, like I said, I don't know what her situation is. I don't know what his situation was. I don't know what caused them to get together. I don't know what caused them to fall apart. I don't know what caused them to, to, to fight and any of that type of stuff. Only they know. Only they know. But at the end of the day, it seems like to me that a lot of trauma and a lot of toxicity existed in their relationship. And rather than solve those issues... They took those issues out on each other, and now look at what it's cost. I'm glad, again, if things happen the way that they happen, that she got justice. Am I sad that, you know, I ain't going to get to see Jonathan Majors in movies for about a good 10 years? Absolutely, because the man could act his butt off. But as it goes... When you're in these businesses, you got to be extra careful that you don't allow your demons. Will Smith, don't allow your demons to overshadow what you're doing. Whenever we build these platforms and whenever we're becoming influencers and whenever we're, you know, becoming celebrities, you hear a lot of people say, I ain't trying to be nobody's role model, but guess what? Whether you want to or not, that's exactly what you're becoming to somebody. So you have to be extra careful. I was talking about this with um with Anthony Edwards and with um and with um um Zion Williamson and people like him and, and John Morant. Like, who do you have in your circle that's helping to keep you keep you from you sometimes? You got a bunch of yes men around you, or do you have people who are trying to tell you, hey bruh? No, we, we, you, you're, you're, you're jeopardizing too much. John Morant just um, won his first basketball game back. Like, he won last night, shot the game-winning field goal. Like, and all I kept thinking to myself is, please don't mess this up. Please, Dad, talk to your son and make sure he understands what he has on the line. Anthony Edwards and the whole baby situation, um, the abortion issue that he's got going on right now. Please, leave these Instagram models alone. Or if you're going to mess with them, protect yourself. As a believer in God, leave these people alone. If you ain't trying to wife them, you ain't trying to husband them, leave them alone. 
because at the end of the day, your reputation, your endorsements, your accolades, your platforms, they all are staying, are, are hinging upon you. And yes, we're not perfect people. We're going to make mistakes, but we should be, we should make sure that if we're going to make a mistake that we hold ourselves accountable to what we're doing. And in doing so, ensure that our integrity remains intact, no matter what. So again, I'm saying all that to say, what's going on, Kay? Good to see you, good to see you. Um, yes, again, we, we're switching to 10 a.m. start, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time starting on January 2nd. So I won't, so about these next couple of weeks, I probably, you probably won't see us because I'll be on early at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. But starting January 2nd, we'll be on live from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. So I'm definitely looking forward to the switch and definitely looking forward to seeing you more often. So um, so thank you for coming back. Um, and know that um, soon, soon you'll be able to see me every day, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Um, so definitely thank you for um, for coming back. And it's good to see you again this morning too. Um, so again, I'm saying all that to say for us as the believers in God, let us, as best as we can, walk with integrity. Allow the Holy Spirit to be our guides. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. So that we, as the believers in God, regardless of the trials and the tribulations we may face, sometimes we, sometimes we got to deal with some of these things, you know, they come up out of the shadows. But we got to deal with these things in such a way to where we can... Walk with our heads held high. Jonathan Majors done lost a whole lot. I can only hope and pray that his soul has been healed. Only hope and pray that he has realized the error of his ways. Can only hope and pray that he decides not to fall into the traps of the past. For this woman, Miss Jabari, I hope that she, if she, I hope that she realizes that she doesn't have to put up with um, men who want her and other folk. Find somebody who wants you. Just you. And if somebody, find you find some stuff, it ain't, it's not the end of the world. Don't fight them, just leave. But in either case, may we continue to be the people of God that we are called to be. And may our reputations be intact so that we don't have to lose so much. Recognize that the higher we climb, the harder the fall. So be sure if you're going to scale the mountain that you are prepared to lose it all in the event that it's, it's called for for your soul to be saved. I don't, again, I don't know the state of Jonathan Majors' soul. I don't know the state of his life or whatever. But oftentimes it takes a pretty heavy fall in order for us to come to ourselves like the prodigal son. And realize, I need a closer walk with my daddy. So I can only hope that for these people, whatever, what has transpired will allow them to realize, hey, let me get closer to God. Maybe for my benefit. Just might be 
for my benefit. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Start uh, Eastern Standard Time. Starting January 2nd, we'll be moving to our permanent time slot of 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Friday. Looking so forward to that. Um, thank you for the 5,500 likes that we've received thus far. Every like, every follow, every comment, every share is greatly appreciated. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to hear past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. Listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how Colorado has decided to take Donald Trump off of the 2024 ballot and the implications that come with that. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be right back in just a moment. True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Going to be moving to 10 a.m. to 12 noon like we are right now on January 2nd, 2024. We're looking forward and very excited about that. That way we can be with you guys um, on the West Coast just as you're waking up in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, so grateful about that and grateful that we get to spend a little bit of time with you guys on um, on um, on the show, uh, spend a little bit of time with you guys. Um, so this was originally my something praiseworthy, and I'm gonna say that it is my something praiseworthy because I'm definitely praising God for it. Some of y'all might not be, some of y'all might be, um, but I it doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna read about it anyway. The Colorado Supreme Court um, ruled that tr Donald Trump is ineligible for office based on the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban. 
Uh, the Colorado Supreme Court made history Tuesday with an unprecedented freeze in your tracks ruling that former President Donald Trump is constitutionally ineligible to run in 2024 because the 14th Amendment's ban on insurrectionists holding public office covers his conduct on January 6, 2021. But more importantly, in their 4-3 decision, the Colorado Justice paused their decision so Trump can appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why? Um, which his campaign said he will swiftly do. The pause means Trump's spot on the Colorado GOP primary ballot in March might be safe if the nation's high in court, highest court doesn't settle the matter, matter quickly, which, of course, they won't. Probably going to wait till after the election, but that's just me spouting opinions. In many ways, the landmark ruling holds Trump accountable for trying to overturn the 2020 election and provides a political punishment for his anti-democratic behavior. The ruling is also a massive vindication for the liberal groups and constitutional scholars of all stripes who champion such 14th Amendment lawsuits despite their long odds. But legal scholars on all sides of the debate agree that the decision won't be the final word. All eyes are now on the U.S. Supreme Court, which is posed to play a major role in the 2024 election as it grapples with a series of major Trump-related cases. And Trump has mastered the art of converting, of converting legal setbacks into polling bounces. He's already in a stronger position today to beat Joe, President Joe Biden than he was one year ago before he was criminally indicted in four jurisdictions. And he and his GOP allies kicked into hard gear Tuesday night, playing the victim card and rallying against the ruling. Here are the key takeaways. Um, Trump engaged in insurrection. The insurrectionist ban does apply to Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court will have the ultimate say. Paul's ruling is good news for Trump. Dissents offer a path to Trump victory. Colorado Justice's new history was watching. Uh, the majority opinion acknowledged right off the bat that the case forced them to travel in uncharted territory and that the case presents several issues of first impression. Indeed, judges have never weighed in on these questions because they never needed to. There has never before been an ever even a remote possibility that a president-turned-insurrectionist would run for office again. The case provides yet another solemn reminder of how Trump made history by becoming the first president to try to stay in power after losing. We do not reach these conclusions lightly, and yet you did, the majority wrote. We are mindful of the magnitude and weight of the questions now before us. We are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor, and yet you did, and without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the law mandates we reach, and yet you did. Um, all right, so... Um, anybody who's watched this show knows that Donald Trump is not, I, I'm not a fan of him at all whatsoever. Um, not because he's a Republican, but because of who he is as a human being. I, I, I tell people all the time, my political stance is such where I'm listening and paying attention to the issues that matter the most to me and how people are talking about those issues. And as a result of how they talk about those issues, that will determine who's going to get my vote. I don't waste time trying to be on one side or the other. I decide based upon who it is that's talking about the issues that I most care about and what they plan to do about it, right? Just like, for example, Joe Biden is president right now, and one of the things that I need at my house is better internet. I'm grateful to God that my signal has not cut out on y'all yet. You know, because all throughout the past several weeks and months of me doing this show, I've had issues with internet stuff. Um, and so, y'all, come on. Sometimes be like, you're, 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 um, your signal is spotty, 
And I'll be like, I'm sorry, ain't nothing I can do about it, because it's just the internet that I have here. Because of the because of who's in office right now, the infrastructure bill got passed, and now we a forty million dollar internet project has been um has been underway in my state, in my county, in my city. And at some point, these people are gonna finish this wiring, and I'll be able to have some fast flipping internet to where I can then be on live here and on YouTube and on Facebook and on Instagram, all at the same time. And I'm super excited about that. That might not have happened had Donald Trump won in 2020. I'd still have this shoddy internet with no hope in sight and be praying to the high heaven that one of these days somebody would get him out of office so that somebody could do something about this internet stuff. So, again, that's how I decided who I was going to vote for. Outside of Trump just being dumb for four years, in my opinion... But it had nothing to do with who, whose side he's on. If he was a Democrat and acted dumb, I would not vote for this dude. He was—he happened to be a Republican, and the Democrats tend to have more, do more things that benefit me and my family. So that's why I lean in that direction. But it doesn't mean that I'm a staunch Democrat. If the Democrats are doing something dumb, I'm gonna say they're dumb. If the Republicans are doing something dumb, I'm gonna say they're doing dumb. If the Republicans do something smart, like Nikki Haley did the other night when she was talking about the fact that, you know, uh, talking about abortion needing limits, you know, and what those limits ought to be, I paid attention to what she was saying. Chris Christie, same thing. I paid attention to what they're saying. I got three women living in the house with me. So, you know, abortion rights and abortion issues are going to affect them. So I'm paying attention. Listen to what they're saying. Because if they get in, if they happen to beat out Trump, which probably ain't going to happen, but if they beat out Trump and they get the nomination then how they deal with abortion is going to be a really big deal to me. Um, and just like the infrastructure bill, you know, they, they got the money and they're doing the projects and all type of stuff, and it's helping to bring the Internet here and helping to kind of revitalize businesses and all type of stuff in my rural area. Definitely happy about that. So, again, my political leanings are not one side or the other. It's what are the issues that, are, that I'm dealing with right now and how are the people that want to run for office saying they're going to deal with those issues. And whoever checks off the most boxes for me, that's who I end up voting for. Now, having said that, I am so freaking happy that Colorado at least had the gall, had the cojones, had the stones to finally say this man committed insurrection and because he committed insurrection, he should not be allowed on the ballot for 2024 because the 14th Amendment says that if you participate in insurrection, you are unfit to run for office. I am glad somebody finally decided, let me stand up for the laws that the land, the laws of the land that were created when the 14th Amendment was put in place. Because I know it wasn't put in place at the very beginning. But when it was put in place, I'm glad somebody finally stood up and said, how about we apply the law? Like, it doesn't get any simpler than that. All these people who want to have these debates and these scholarly conversations about, well, you know, was it what's the letter of the law, the spirit of the law? Listen, is it the law or not? It's really that simple. Did he do it or not? It's really that simple. 
So if he did it, and this is the law, let's apply the law and shut up. Like, why are we still debating about this? Why are we still talking about this? Why is it we are, what, 12 days removed from, um, from 2024, and this is still a conversation we're having? Like, it, it makes no sense to me that we have these laws in place and yet when it's time to apply them, all of a sudden, well, I don't know if we should do it or not. You know, it's really, um, I don't know what the, is that the, not the law? Or, is it the law or not? Is it the law or not? Is it an amendment or not? Like, make it make sense. I've never in the history of my life, seeing our government systems act as if they're so scared, lily-livered, thin-skinned. Y'all scared to make moves. Well, I don't know. Why don't we never done this to a president before? We never had a president like him before. So, no, it's never happened before, but the law is the law. Y'all apply the law to every person on the planet that seems insignificant. You know, you want to put people in jail for drug charges, for just having weed. You want to put people in jail for wait, for 30 years of life, three strikes you're out type stuff over little stuff. But something as big as trying to overthrow the government system and you do nothing? The 4-3 decision allows the U.S. Supreme Court to now decide whether or not they want to make this thing happen or not? Like, dude, what are you doing? Is it or is it not the law? What are we talking about? Did he commit insurrection or not? Yes or no? Does the 14th Amendment disqualify people from running for office if they tried to commit insurrection? Yes or no? So then, should he be allowed to run for office? Yes or no? What are we doing? All, all of a sudden, we want to be scholarly, scholar de scholarly debaters now. And we want to have discourse and conversations. Dude! 20, November 2024 is coming. What are we doing? I don't know. This has never happened before. I don't know. I don't know what we ought to do. Dude! What are we doing? Again, I'm glad that Colorado finally said what we've all known. I'm glad they finally spoke up and said something. But what are we doing? This is why scripture tells us, don't you put your trust in horses and chariots. Don't you put your trust in man. Don't you put your trust in the government system. Don't you put your trust in your job. Don't you put your trust in your politicians. Do not put your trust in people. Your trust needs to be in God. Your absolute trust needs to be in God. Obviously, trust people, you know. But again, your absolute trust should be in God. 
because the corruption of this world it's just it's just an ever ever producing corruption again it makes absolutely no sense that we have the laws in place to prevent stuff like this from happening and yet at the right at the time that we should be applying the law we're acting like the law doesn't exist there is no reason at this point that we should even be having a conversation about Donald Trump being able to run for office if he's going to run for office he should not be running on the republican ticket he should be on his own ticket the trump ticket split the votes accordingly because the republicans going to vote republican trump going to vote trump and then the Democrats going to vote Democrat, and the Democrats going to be Democrat, and we're going to have a Democrat nation for like 15,000 years because Trump ain't never going to die. So to that end, it's like, what are we doing? What is the point of having these laws in place if when the time comes to apply the law, all we're going to do is run chicken? Make it make sense. Again, the people wonder, you pro-Trump, anti-Trump, you, you pro-Democrat. No, I'm, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm on the side of right. I'm on the side of truth. I'm on the side of justice. And when you see stuff like this happen in the world, it should infuriate your soul. Because this stuff ain't right. What's the point of having the laws that we have if we're not going to apply them and not going to use them when the time comes for us to step up and do what needs to be done. What's the point? The laws are in place for a reason. Use them. There's no debating. There should be no politics. Something happened. The evidence is there. Plain as day. Do something about it. But of course, because it is great for ratings on TV, it's great for donors, and it's great for dollars, and it's great for, you know, for entertainment, they're going to keep this thing going, and all the while, the American people are the, in, the, in, the global, in the global world is going to suffer. Because we can't get out our own way. We can't get out of our own way. We keep, we keep, you know, putting people in power who have shown us time and again they don't care about people. They only care about their own pockets. They only care about their own wallets. Just got out of a, a training yesterday, and the man was saying the same thing I've been saying for months, that unless and until it affects a politician, more than likely change is not going to happen. So because, you know... Trump being in office, it didn't affect anybody up there. They're going to continue to say, yeah, that's our boy. But until it affects them, until it impacts them, then all of a sudden, yeah, he's the scum of the earth. And all the while, the American people continue to suffer, continue to struggle, continue to go through issues. Right now, you got your, your house 
you know, who's who's voted to inquire on whether or not whether or not Joe Biden should be impeached. Really? 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 So you wasting time on that when we ought to be trying to figure out how to make sure we don't let an insurrectionist get on the ballot. You're worried about that when you should be worried about, you know, why we continue to send aid to all these other countries and yet we got homeless problems right here in our own door in our own backyard. You 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 want to 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 go to go the impeachment route, but you can't keep your own house your own your own um um party in line. Infighting going on within your own party. Don't know what you stand for anymore. But again, it makes for great entertainment, great ratings, and you get to be on TV. So the wheel just keeps on turning, and we end up having to suffer loss for it. So again, I say all that to say on my little tirade, do not put your trust in the government more than you do God. Do not put the trust in your party more than you do God. Don't put trust in your politicians more than you do God. I've never had, I've never intimated that Joe Biden is my savior. But you've had some people who have intimated that Donald Trump is theirs. And they claim to be saved. I'm just saying. Whatever you put on the throne, that's what you're going to worship. And a lot of us have a tendency to want to tag God's name on things that he ain't got nothing to do with. So just think about that. What are you tagging God's name on when it comes to your political affiliations? Because if you're endorsing someone who wanted power at all costs, I'm just saying, that doesn't sound like Jesus to me. But what do I know? I just read the Bible every now and then, you know. I don't really know what I'm talking about. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D. Right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly looking forward to January 2nd, 2024, when we're going to move from 10 a, to 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Friday, um, um, on Eastern Standard Time. Um, thank you so much for the, uh, let's see, 5,600 likes that we've received thus far. Every like, follow, comment, and share. Um, if you missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go right now to True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about an Oklahoma team who overcame his shyness and collected to get and gave away over 54,000 toys. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be right back in just a moment.
Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. With you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. January 2nd, 2024, we'll be moving to 10 a.m. to 12 noon, just like we are right now um, on TikTok Live. Um, our something praiseworthy is coming, coming out of Oklahoma. A teen from there overcomes shyness to collect and give away $54,000 worth of toys. Um, $54,000... 54,000 toys, not $54,000 worth of toys, 54,000 toys. Um, Reed Markham was just a kid when he learned that some children in his hometown of McAllister, 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 Oklahoma, didn't have any toys under their Christmas tree. A shy kid who was bullied in school, Reed remembered the moment very clearly since he was no stranger to to feeling left out. Even though his parents divorced when he was just seven, there were people who stepped in to make their Christmas special, so the thought that his fifth grade friend would find nothing under the tree was tough to hear. Whatever the reason, his heart or his blues, he proposed to his mother to hold a toy drive, similar in structure to a backpack drive they had organized the year before. Reed's mother, Angie Miller, uh, posted a video on Facebook explaining her son's intentions and asked for donations of toys or money to buy toys for a giveaway that Reed had decided to do as a 4-H project. There was a great response. Lots of people went out and bought new toys to donate, or they sent money for us to buy them. That was all seven years ago, and now as a university freshman, Reed still drives two and a half hours from home from his campus to Stillwater to participate in the annual toy drive, now in its seventh edition. Seventh edition. Um, 10,000 toys are slated to be handed out in this year's giveaway, which takes place as a drive through event. With eager kids in the back seats gesticulating to their parents which toy they like the most. Each kid receives a pair of socks, underwear, trousers, shirt, gloves, and a hat. Quote, we have walls of toys lined up on each side of the cars and kids tell us which one to grab as their parents drive through the line. Reed, who studies pre-law and sociology at the OK State University, um, said to, told the Washington Post, seeing the happy looks on their faces is always the best part. 54,000 toys have been so far given out to kids in McAllister, which unfortunately has a poverty rate of 24%, according to international statistics. Reed continues paying forward as he sees it, the kindness his family received more than a decade ago by starting other charitable programs. He holds silent auctions to benefit pediatric cancer patients and continues the backpack giveaways he started with his mom when he was just 11 years old. One resident told the Post that he's catalyzed everyone in the community. Everyone wants to get involved with his work in some way, and the paper says that his activities have raised more than $3.5 million. So, um, Reed, McCar- um, Reed Markham is our something praiseworthy today. We thank God for him because he has been inspired for the past seven years to give of his time, his energy, and his effort to make sure that kids have something, um, in, um, have something for Christmas. Additionally, goes out of his way to give backpacks and also has raised money for cancer patients. Um, as I'm always telling us all the time, there's a lot of things going out there in the world that a lot of us really don't know what's going on. We don't really know what's happening unless we know where to look. There's a lot of negativity out in the world, and negativity gets a lot of ratings. But there's also a lot of good things that are happening too. The question we have to ask ourselves is, can we see it? We thank God for Reed Markham today because he reminds us that if you can't see the good, 
you can be the good. And at seven years old, this kid was inspired to want to help others in some way, shape, or form. Or, no, no, seven years ago, rather, he was inspired to help someone who didn't have what he had, who was less fortunate than him. He remembered what it was like being a seven-year-old kid and how people came to the rescue to make sure that he had a good Christmas, to make sure that he was, you know, still, you know, happy in spite of the divorce that his mom and dad were going through. And he was inspired three years, about three or four years later to do the same for a bunch of kids um, in his community and has now gone on to raise a total of $3.5 million over the course of seven years to make sure that, you know, the kids in his community, cancer patients that he, um, that he's um that he knows about that they all are getting the help that they need, and that's can that's an inspiration for us. It doesn't take a lot. Sometimes it just takes a big megaphone and a lot of heart to help somebody along the way. Might not get ten thousand toys, but if you even get ten, to God be the glory that those ten toys can go to somebody who wants them, somebody who needs them, somebody who desires. To um to 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 have you know a, a good Christmas, and yeah, you know it may not be the best thing you know because you have some people like Dr. Umar who be like yeah you can go and get some some um get some toys and you can get some turkeys but what are we doing about trying to stop the infrastructure that the, the, these systems that we're in sometimes we ain't in the in the seats of power that can actually do something about that so for us to be able to do the little things that we do do let's thank God for that too. Yes, we do need in infrastructure and we do need structural changes, absolutely. But most of us ain't in those seats of power and influence. So for what we can do, that we do, and let's celebrate and hype the mess out of it. Because at the end of the day, something is always better than nothing. As Jesus teaches us, Jesus plus him, uh, uh, Jesus plus nothing is everything. And so sometimes just a little bit can make all the difference in the world. And so again, we highlight and we celebrate Reed Markham for being the light that shines in the darkness and um, helping out his community, helping out those in need, those who have a desire um, to, to uh, be able to get, you know, get toys and, 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 and have a good Christmas and also clothes and things like that, but also the backpacks for kids going back to school and you know, the cancer research that he does and that despite being in college, he's still making his making um, making his mission to go about and make sure that these things are being done. So, again, we celebrate. We celebrate God. Thank God for um, Reed Markham for inspiring his heart to want to do something for somebody else. Because as I'm always telling us here on the show, if you can't see the good, be the good. And I promise you. You may not get the accolades that you deserve, but there is always somebody watching you. They may never say anything, but they're but they're thank but they're thankful. May not give you the pat on the back or may not give you the spotlight that you deserve for what you're doing, but they see you. I'm often told by my wife and I tell people this all the time, especially in social media. Just because you don't get the likes doesn't mean that somebody isn't watching you. Just because you don't get all the views that you think you ought to get doesn't mean that someone isn't watching you. And because they're watching you, you can bet somebody's being inspired by you. So post, share, like, you know, do what you do. 
do 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 whatever it is you're gonna do. But at the end of the day, there's always somebody watching, and there's somebody that's always inspired by what you do. And so we thank God for Reed um, Reed Markham. Thank God for his mom. Thank God for the city of um, of McAllister, Oklahoma, who um, is allowing, who continues to allow him to do the great work that he's doing, and hope that we can be inspired by his um, by his example. Um, again, as we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, to continue to fight the good fight and continue to do great things in the world, so that someone's soul um, can see the beauty and the uh, the beauty of the um, supremacy of God in everything that we do. Listen, I want to thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for giving me this opportunity to be able to worship with you guys today. Um, thank you so much for the likes. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the shares. Um, again, I'm just grateful um, that we have this opportunity. Tomorrow will be the last show of the year for the True Gospel Morning Show. So make sure to tune in 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow for our final show uh, of 2023. Um, and thank you guys so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show this morning. As I've already said, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.